Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Josh here. I just wanted at the top of the show give you a brief disclaimer that we had to edit the beginning couple minutes down of this episode, which is why you're here with my lovely voice, due to the fact of technical issues. If you followed along live with us on the Twitter, the YouTube, and the Facebook page, you'll notice the issues when you're watching live. It ended up being a great interview. Silas DeMary is a tremendous guest for being such a young guy himself. Huge gift for us. We have a great conversation that you'll hear in this audio version of the podcast here. But at the start, you know, things happen and we had this bad echo going on in the background. Silas finally got some earbuds put in. We got the situation worked out at about six, seven minutes in. So that's why I've decided to cut that part. You don't really miss a whole lot. The echo makes it hard to hear. So when you hear this episode, you will hear the full conversation. You don't miss anything. Just wanted to give that quick disclaimer. Again, Silas, for being a a young guy himself, a young man who's got a lot of potential and a lot of expectations for himself going into this year as far as high school. And we talk about into his college visits. He just got off the visit with Tennessee. He's got a lot going on, and these interviews can be very hard to do, especially if you're a young guy that's not used to a full-length, professional-style interview. I think you guys are going to learn a lot about this kid and grow to become a huge fandom of him as well. But again, I wanted to just hop on here right at the beginning, let you understand why it may sound a little different if you, than if you watched the live version with us. You know, audio issues happen. We rolled with the punches. We got it fixed. But I hope you guys enjoy episode 116. Silas was a, was a tremendous guest. And have a good rest of your day. Enjoy the episode, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Everything College Basketball Podcast, your home for the latest news and analysis from the world of college hoops. Back again are your hosts, Josh Burton, Phil Dexter, and Corey Gardner. Hey man, we were we were killing time. We luck or uh, thankful we've been here before. Um, technical issues, man, they don't stop us. <laughs> yeah, shit, shit happens. But when we were leaving off before we had to fix this issue, um, we were talking about the the camp and your mentality of man, I gotta go in there and compete. When you are there with ninety nine of the other top prospects in the country. When you look around and there's four or five stars amongst Ooh. you, yeah, what is your mindset besides like, hey, man, I've got to go show out? Are you still trying to keep it within like the team realm of like, hey, like when you're scrimmaging, like I'm just going to play me or am I going to try to put a little extra on for these guys? Talk us through that whole process. Yeah, so um, personally, like I'm not even going to lie. Like, I was a little nervous going in at first, but, you know, I feel like after the first few drills, you know, I just found my way, what I found what works, like, Play, like you got to mix it up playing team ball and also going to get yours because like it's a camp but also like you're trying to show your individual skills also but you don't want to do too much to where it's like you're looking out of place or you like shouldn't be there so that's really just what I did so you're basically just trying to play basketball I know that sounds very simple but you know as well as anybody that I'm sure there's people that go to these camps thinking that man I've got to put up 40 50 points right. And I've yeah, got to nice. go have these crazy numbers, but that's not always what these high level coaches are looking for. Right. Right. So I think we had mentioned to you about coach Barnes. You just got back. I think you said, was it yesterday you got back from your, yeah. uh, your visit from yeah, Tennessee? Yeah, um, 
talk us through, man. What's campus like? What is Coach Barnes like? Uh, talk us through that, man, because we don't all get to experience that. <laughs> so I would say first, campus was campus was really nice. You know, it's a nice brick campus. You know, there's a lot of it's a lot of places. Like I want to see where the players stay. It was a really nice dorm. Like everybody gets their own bathroom. Everybody gets their own room. Like campus was just pretty. Like it's just like pretty campus. It looks old, but also kind of looks new. So like the campus, like. I definitely can see like why people go there. The campus is pretty nice. And then Coach Barnes, like Coach Barnes is a comedian. Like he has a lot of jokes. He has a lot of stories. <laughs> Coach Barnes, he's just a great person that you would like to be around. What about some of the the other guys or the other assistant coaches and associate coaches? Um, were you able, did they have anybody else on campus with you that could have uh, potentially team up with you if you were to go to Tennessee down the road? Or was it just solely focused on you this week? It was solely focused on me. I think it was a visit they had before I came in, but it was just mainly me. I was the only person there. And when you're there, are they rolling out the red carpet to you? They're like, hey, man, this is where you could potentially stay at. Like if they have a special dorms, um, did they take you into Thompson Bowling Arena and show you like, you know, like the movie type deal where they're they're taking you in like, son, you know, can you see yourself in this in the spotlight here? <laughs> yeah, I would say I would I would say they did that. You know, I we went it was Thompson Boyle. We went in there, but they were they had a Boy Scout event going on. But I still went in there. Saw like I, I've seen the arena before, but I went in there and watched the uh, video of Coach Barnes, Coach Rich, Rick Barnes video. It was really good video. So I did see all that. And that's exciting, man. Uh, like I said, most of us have not ever been in that position. Um, but we were mentioning while we we're trying to get this uh, technical issues figured out, another fan base besides the volunteer fan base that's been really excited about us having you on and picking your brain is the VCU Rams. Uh, Ram Nation is very excited about the potential of you joining them down the road. Uh, lots of retweets, lots of quote tweets, hashtag Ram Nation. Uh, so what is doesn't play. no which is crazy no so what is it about vcu because i know we'll list your offers officially according to 24 7 here in just a second but vcu is among them what is it about so far that you've enjoyed about the vcu um the the play style just all about the vcu rams what is it about them that has intrigued you man just vcu like i've been up there a couple times you know they really have that family environment like Coach Rhodes, like, he's like, I would say he's like a second father to a lot of players. Like, him and Coach Brunt, like, I really connected with them from the from the first time I got on the phone with them. Like, it was great just being around them. Now, my official visit was like, wow. Like, I could, I could see why guys coming here did. Like, being around the guys, just talking, just talking to them, hearing things about Coach Rhodes, it was nothing but good things. And, like, I could see why they have that coach. And I could see why they're winning a lot in the A-10 also. And then their playing style, like, they like to play fast. I'm a, I'm a big-time guard. I like to play fast, get out of line. And also, they get after on the defensive side. So their play style and that family, like, it's just a lot I see at VCU that I, that I really like. Well, I'm glad you mentioned culture because Phil and I covered this sport. Um, you go back to the Anthony Grant days at VCU, and then obviously everybody knows Shaka Smart. <laughs> it's always been the same, essentially. You want to get up. You want your guys to play with the freedom on offense to get up and go. You want to play fast, as you mentioned, and you want to get after and create havoc on defense, whether that's pressing or in the half court, really putting pressure on somebody. Um, that seems like that really appeals to you. I could kind of see a glimmer in your eye when you're talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely does. Yeah, I could tell whether you way you're talking. That seems very exciting. Um, it almost seems 
now correct me if I'm wrong, it almost seems like a much more organized version of AAU ball. And I mean that in the most positive sense where it yeah. is very chaotic. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, Phil, do you have anything? Cause I'm pulling up his yeah. list of offers here. Yeah. So I just wanted to sort of going off that VCU question, you know, the fans have been tweeting a lot about you at VCU. I mentioned, well, we were sort of getting the uh, sound stuff figured out that St. John's fans, I see them tweeting at you a lot. Yeah. How exciting is that? I mean, obviously you get attention from coaches at these tournaments and, you know, getting offers, getting calls, that kind of stuff. But how exciting is it to, you know, be getting attention from these fans? Oh, I'm going to say it's, it's really exciting. Like, it puts a smile on my face to see people that want me to come to their school and play for their schools. Like, it showed that people really, like, pride about pride about their schools, like, alumni and all that. I see why. Like, it, it, just, it just makes you feel good. It builds your self-esteem, really. Yeah, and absolutely. Um, talking about the fans that are showing you love and really feeling like a sense of you want them wanting you there as much as you potentially want to go there. Um, as a high-level recruit, a four-star kid, eventually trying to – I mean, you're super close to chasing that five-star status. But being a high-level recruit, when these fan bases are really seemingly want you to come to their school, how much we hear all the time about uh, if it's a bad, you know, a bad situation, fan bases can upset a player, but they can also bring up a player. So when the, the fan – how much, I guess, do the, the Twitter fan base specifically – influence you as far as your decision making process um i would say it's not a, it's not a big influential thing I, I would have to look at but i would say like seeing if fans like really want to see me go there i would have to really look at it, to be honest and we asked your your teammate uh Rakees, we asked him the same question it came out a few weeks ago where jabari smith former five-star kid that just uh, finished his one and only year at mm -hmm. Auburn. He had been talking in an interview growing up. He wanted to go to Kentucky. Kentucky got in way too late on him and he committed to Auburn because they believed him. And at the start, we asked yeah. Rakeese the same thing. When you're going through this recruiting process, do what do you value the most and how much is a loyalty factor like that? Like some of these schools, the Tennessee's, the VCU, St. John's, et cetera, that we've already mentioned, the fact that they've already offered, they're showing you the love now. Will that outweigh? Because historically, the Blue Bloods, the Kentucky, the Duke, the Carolina, they will come in late. Mm -hmm. Now, I know it's appealing to get those offers, but how much of the loyalty factor plays in, um, kind of like Jabari had said, and Raki said that loyalty was a big thing for him as well. Yeah, personally, I would say, like, those offers are big, but, like, you look at the schools that's they're recruiting you the whole time. Like, they've been there the whole time. They've seen you grow, especially the schools that offer you early in your high school career. Like, I would say VCU, like, they've always been there. Like, just looking at that, I would say those Blue Bloods are cool, but, like, they weren't there when I was, like, wasn't as good as I was now. Like, like they came in late because they see the potential, but why could? how come they couldn't see it before? I, I think that's a very fair question. I think it's one that everybody asks themselves. Um but it is a different – I think you're, you're smart enough to know, too. It is a different flavor um, when the, those Kentucky Dukes, Carolinas, Kansas come calling. doesn't mean that you'll necessarily want to fall in love with them. But it is a different flavor. I think it is a badge of honor for a lot of uh, players and athletes that are in your situation. Um, so, but you're very much on the same, the same wavelength as Jabari Smith, though. The loyalty, those who believed and saw in me early are the ones who – I yeah. kind of prefer. Yeah. Okay. Phil, 
Yeah, so I just want to pivot away from your recruitment just a little bit and just talk about your game overall because, you know, you and Josh sort of touched on it earlier when you are talking about the NVPA camp and how you balance that, you know, wanting to show out and show your individual skills and work in the process of a team. But you're kind of a guy who I'd say your skill set and your mentality is mature beyond your years because you you already are an elite perimeter defender, a very good team defender. You do the small things that help win basketball games, and you, you're not necessarily a guy who's out there chasing the stats. You're not trying to get 35 at the expense of winning a ball game. Where did that mentality kind of start, and is there any you know player or players that you kind of model your game after? Um. Well, first I would say. I learned that from my parents, like, really, yeah, I really just learned it from my parents, you know, they're, hum- my, my parents are humble, so, you know, I just look at things like, they all, my dad was an NFL player, and he told me, like, he just does what he needs to do to help the team win, so, when you look at that in a basketball perspective, if a coach tells me he needs me to play defense and run the team, I'm going to do that, because that's what the team needs to help us win, so, like, looking at that, like, my parents are leaders, so I just, I just take things from them and then and play it in my own way in basketball. So off of that, when you are playing like you have been in the AAU circuit, which I'd like to touch on a little bit here too, but when you're playing in that and you're going to Combine Academy and you're playing with Rakis and other top talent, um, how much of just the team basketball, because you are already got your stars, you've got these big mm-hmm. schools recruiting you. So how much are you trying as a leader, how much are you trying to bring up the other guys along with you? Because to me, that's always a sign of a leader. You know you're mm-hmm. going to the next level. But can yeah. you bring up the guys that maybe aren't or borderline with you? Yeah, I would just say from day one, our first practice, I'm going to implement, like, we're all top talent. But we can't shy away from each other. Like, we have to come together as one. Like, everybody isn't going to be able to score those 20, 30 points a game because we're all high-level kids. And, like, in college, that's how it's going to be. So we just have to make that adjustment as, like, all, all of us being high-level, we have to make that adjustment, come together as one. And, like, whoever has that big game, Let's ride through them. Like, let's not get selfish. Like, let's just have that team atmosphere for the whole year. And you know how refreshing that is to hear because that's a very old school mentality that I feel like sometimes is lost among newer generation players, um, especially the part about riding who's got a hot hand. Uh, sometimes people feel like they got to get their stats up at either high school, college, or even the NBA level, which is very refreshing to hear. Uh, we talked again, mentioned your, your teammate, Rakeis Passmore. We asked him a little bit about the AAU circuit. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you just wrapped up essentially the summer season this last week, correct? Correct. Okay. So talk us through your your um, your version of events in the AAU circuit. What is like an average weekend like when you're flying here and flying there? Or maybe if it's close, you'll take a, a car trip. But talk us through, man. You're going and playing the top talent the country has to offer for the, the prep level. Talk us through uh, the uh, simpletons. <laughs> the what AAU big time AAU basketball is like so I would say on a live period weekend if it's not nowhere like somewhere we can drive we catch a flight the day before because we don't want to fly up the day of the game have jet lag and all that so we fly the day before we get settled in we eat then I would say we, we have a practice either later that night or early the next day but usually it's late late that night and the next day say we'll have a game at probably like 10 30 we'll have prime time with our strength coach we'll have prime time we do like stretching mobility just to warm our bodies up and we'll have breakfast and prime time and then we'll watch film 
And then after film, we'll head to a game. And we might have one or two games that day. In between those two games, we'll play a game. And if we have two, we watch film. We do prime time. We watch film again. And we head to the next game. That's every day until Sunday, the last day, pretty much. So the big level AAU circuit is almost like a, a mini college or even professional experience where it's constantly you're working out, you are watching right. film. It's not just showing up and playing because I think that seems to be the stigma that you just show up, you play four games a day or three games a day, and you, you screw around and then you go back home. Yeah, yeah. It, shoot, this big time AAU like this, that's definitely not the case. Like everything is planned out you got this you got you got this time to be here you got to be there early like there's no being late to any of those things because there's consequences to it so getting to know you a little bit over the course of the last couple days and in this interview um you sound like all like the ultimate competitor but there was the stigma in aau for a long time i really feel like it started to change the last couple years where guys don't get good coaching they're just it's like street ball etc etc but going to these events ourselves, scouting them, writing about them, et cetera. We've noticed a shift where guys are going after each other. So when you roll up and you're playing, um, let's just use a, a guy like DJ Wagner or whoever, for instance, right? A, a top mm-hmm. 10 guy in their team. Um, is it extra motivation when you see somebody who maybe ranked ahead of you or right there with you or have these other top teams is it extra motivation to really show out? It, like, is there any difference between an AAU contest and a big-time high school, like the actual season contest? I wouldn't say as matchup-wise, I wouldn't say it's different because, like, I would just say it's different in the way your two schools play. Like, if your schools play different, I, I say it's um, that's the only thing that's different. But I feel like AAU and high school big-time matchups, they, they don't really defer. Like, I would say – when I when I look when I play those big time matchups and if they're in front of me or even behind me, like I just want to win that matchup because, like, I don't want that person to say they played better than me that game and we play the same position or they ranked higher than me. Like, I just go, I just look at it as it's a game. I got to step up. Like, even though it's a bigger bigger time game, I still got to step up, do what's best for my team, and really just win that matchup. Really. So transitioning now from AAU to the high school, we've mentioned you'll be at Combine Academy. You'll have you'll be teammates with a guy like Rakeese Passmore. Looking ahead to – and by the way, shout out your high school coaches. They've been showing so much love for this that's interview. Right. Rakeese, yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, showing AJ love, following, following the Twitter, retweeting all that stuff. So we got to give a huge shout out to them. But looking ahead to this upcoming high school season, um, you guys should have a lot of talent, obviously just between you two alone, but other kids on the the floor as well. Um, When you look ahead to this season, what are your goals? Um, A state championship, obviously, but what are some of the the goals individually and as a team that you'd like to see achieved this year? Um, I would say individually is just to win as many games as I can, you know, we're going to a lot of events. So try to win all those events, be the best leader I can. Then team goals, I would just say mainly I just want to look at winning. Like I want to go undefeated. I don't want to lose any games. Then on top of that, I just want to grow with my brothers because I'm coming in with a new crop of people. Like as a team, I just want to grow with them really. Yeah, no, and I think I think that's a, a very diplomatic answer and a very fair answer. Um, like I said, not every high school team has a couple four star, five star kids like Correct. you guys are going to yeah. have. Right. Um, and I don't normally. Um, I, I guess I'll ask: uh, Are you guys? think you can potentially get one of those national rankings um that you yeah, see I in the top 25 USA today all the time yeah I, I know we can shoot I know we can 
And off top of your head, do you? I know you said some bigger events you'll be traveling. Um, do you off top of the, your head know some of those events so our listeners can maybe check you guys out if they're in the area? Um, if I'm not mistaken, I know we're playing in the John Wall Holiday Invitational. I know we're playing in that. And then I think we're going to City of Palms this year too. And those are massive, especially the John Wall over the years has mm-hmm. really grown in stature. Phil, I know you're really familiar with that event. Yeah, yeah, I'm based here in Raleigh. Uh, I attend the John Wall basically every year that I can, so I, I'm sure I will be seeing you guys out there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, as we start to wrap this up again, we we appreciate your your time. Um, know you're busy. Just wrapped up the AAU season, um, and then we appreciate the staying with us through the technical issues. Going back, though, switching back to the college basketball frame of mind, you just came back from your Tennessee visit. We've talked about the VCU. We've talked about St. John's. But you're in the state of North Carolina, and some other another school that we've seen that showed you guys some love or showed you some love, the North Carolina State Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had much contact with the staff there? Um, being in the state, is there any sort of, not necessarily pressure, but any sort of feelers from people like, hey, man, we'd like to see you stay in state? Talk about North Carolina State and some of those state schools, if you could. Um, so recently, NC State just offered me. I want to say last week. You know, it was it was big because they were one of those schools that first reached out when I was at Millbrook, but then it like sometimes some things happened with the staff and all that. But after they offered, I t- talking to Coach Joel, Justice that just got there, and Coach Keith, like it's been really good. You know, that relationship is there. It's growing. I have a, I have a visit there on Monday. Like it's it's been really good. You know, and then I think. I think like now that I reached out, like it was it's just really good. And how much advice have you gotten on your recruitment from guys that you've played with in the past, like say uh an Eric Vanderheiden, who, you know, went to Ole Miss, maybe didn't quite work out the way he had hoped and mm-hmm. ends up transferring to UNCW. You know, has he given you some advice on making sure you, you know, put yourself in the right situation to succeed right away? Yeah, he has also my friend at Tennessee Jones, he's really like talked to me about it a lot too. They would basically just be saying like Take Jonas Adu, yeah. I didn't mean Jonas Adu, the yeah. the big seven okay. footer. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. They just tell me like, take your time, don't rush. Cause like picking one school, this is a big decision. Like it's the next four years of your life, really. So they just be like, make sure you take your time. Make sure the school fits you. Make sure you like the school. Make sure like when you're going in, like to see if you can be an impact player right away. Cause you don't want to go to a school where you have to sit and wait. See, see, see who's at your position. Then you want to look at, like, have they been putting people in the NBA? Like, because that's ultimately that's everyone's goal at the end of the day. Like, so really just taking my time, seeing what the coaches have, just looking, just really looking at deep, deep, really doing a deep search through everything, really. So basically, it can't be a snap decision. You can't just wake up one morning and say, hey, I'm going here, but you haven't done the homework yet. So you Mm -hmm. really need to do your homework, which makes sense. Um, I guess the last thing on that, because we, we've asked others, we asked, we had, um, Wake Forest guard Davion Williamson on a few episodes back, and we talked with him. I think we mentioned it to Rakis, if my memory serves me correctly. But you, you're now in the era of the NIL deals. Now, we don't mm-hmm. ask you anything like that, but I do want to hear your thoughts on it because now that these schools, you're able to go and actually profit off of your name, image, and likeness, whether it be T-shirt sales or whatever it may be, when you look around the landscape, um, what are your thoughts on the NIL and has any of these schools, and I don't want you naming names because I don't want you to, to do any of that, but just have any of these schools maybe even talk to you about potential NIL stuff and your thoughts on it? Um, personally, I think NIL is a good thing. You know, people can finally profit off their name. Name, it was lightning. So 
personally, I think it's really good. You know, I've talked to schools about it, but I feel like at the end of the day, you still have to perform to ha- to, to be able to get these deals. So you still got to do all the work behind it to earn these deals. So really, like, I mean, NIO is cool, but if you're not producing or anything, like, you're not going to really have any deals for real. No, I, I think that's completely fair. Um, I, I just very curious since this is essentially still uncharted territory and you are coming in along at the right time um, mm-hmm. to really profit off of it potentially. Well, wrapping this up, um, first of all, if you've got anything you want to plug, upcoming events, your socials, go ahead and do it now so our fan base can go check you out or follow you if you've got that. Yeah, I just say my Instagram is Silas Demery Jr. My Twitter is Silas underscore Demery Jr. And any clothing brands, if you have anything, reach out, <laughs> reach out to me because I'm really into clothing. So. Dude, I like this dude, man. He's always got the, the business brain. I, I like that. I like that. That's very smart, though. Very smart. Um, The last thing, though, looking ahead to your upcoming high school season. I know you already mentioned it. When we talk again, uh, let's say we talk at the end of the year as you head into your, your last year of AAU. Um personal goals um i know you mentioned like state title just being the best um offers all that but when we look ahead a year from now where do you want to be at um i want to be a top ranked guard i want to be known around the world i want to be known as a leader i want to be i just want to be able to get myself out there and be influential really just be an influential person both on and off the floor correct well, man, we love that answer. Um, dude, it felt like 30 minutes flew by. Again, we pre- or we apologize about technical difficulties. Things happen in the business sometimes. But yeah. Silas, we appreciate your time, my friend. You have a fan in us now for the rest of your playing days and beyond. Um, you, ha- you have an open invite. We've told um, Rakis and Davian, you guys have been so great to us. Um, you have an open invite. Hopefully we can get you back on here a couple times throughout the year and check mm-hmm. in on you. Um, but we appreciate your time a lot, Silas. We wish you the best of the rest of your summer and heading into, uh, the new upcoming high school season at combine, by the way, shout out combine again, Mm -hmm. you got great coaches there, man. (laughs) Great coaches, (laughs) but Silas, we appreciate your time, my friend, and we cannot wait to talk to you again here in the future. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys for having me on here. Have a good one. Silas. It was our, it was our pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, Four-star guard in the class of 2023, Silas Demery Jr. What a class act that kid is, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked when we were getting stuff figured out. Just he's a winner. Um, Mature beyond his years, as you heard throughout that interview and just his mentality towards the game in general. You know, he is a kid. There was that tweet going around uh, a few weeks ago. It was a video of Bradley Beal just chewing his AAU team out because everybody out there wanted to score 30 points and they were getting fucking smoked. And like Silas Demery Jr. is not that kind of kid that you got to worry about anything like that. He he will score five points rather than score 30 points if that's what it's going to do to help you win a game. And I have a feeling he probably made a lot more fans during this interview. Um, you know, college coaches had to have loved to hear a lot of those answers. Very well spoken. Um, like you mentioned, he just by his answers alone, you, you could tell that he values winning. He knows who, what he can do. If he goes out and scores 30, he scores 30. But if he can only score seven, have a bunch of rebounds, but lock down the other team's best player, that's all that matters. And I think that's why you see, to me, I think culture-wise, the schools we mentioned, you look at him at a Tennessee and their culture, 
I mean, you got to go be a winner, play for Rick Barnes. You've got to be able to take hard coaching. VCU, the play style, you've got to be tough-minded to go there. Um, North Carolina State, I mean, he fits the mold. I think that's why these schools like that have offered him. Well, and he has that true leadership quality when you hear him talk. There's some guys who, you know, they lead by puffing their chest out and getting in your face and, and acting like the big bad leader. And you can tell that Silas is a true leader. And he, t- he talked about, you know, learning that from his parents. His dad was a former NFL player. Um, and that sort of leading by example, again, is something that, you know, a dude like Rick Barnes is going to love having in his program if, in fact, they get him there. Or anybody's going to love having him. I mean, he's a dude who, whether you have him for one or four years, is going to be a program changer. Yeah, how about him name dropping his buddy Jonas I do from Tennessee too? That dude's Absolutely. a shot blocking machine. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, would know. It sounds like there are definitely some strong uh, Tennessee connections. Um, yeah. I don't want to read too much into that because he still has a full year ahead of him to to make a decision, and he's going to have a lot more schools. I have a feeling come calling here in the next six eight months. So he he's going to have his choice of plenty of phenomenal institutions that he can uh, he can go to. Absolutely. And I loved his answer on loyalty. Um, And again, like I mentioned to him, though, it's different. You can say that. But once the and this is no offense to any other fan base, but you know what I'm saying by the Blue Bloods, when when once tennis or uh, Kentucky and Duke and Kansas them eventually come calling and I think they will for him, then it's a whole nother ball of wax when you finally are confronted with that. Absolutely. And I I think there's something to those schools coming in a little bit later though, that maybe puts a chip on some of these guys shoulder too, that says, you know what, fuck you. I want to go somewhere and I want to show you that you should have been recruiting me instead of Dillingham. You know what I mean? Like oh, I know. That, yeah. that type of thing where obviously in the back of your mind, you're like, Oh, if Cal's calling, I got to at least listen. But then well, he has mentioned, to be that, that he thing mentioned where you're like, too. yeah, I just want to stick it to him. He mentioned too, um, getting the advice about taking the recruiting trail. He mentioned one of the things he mentioned, are, are they putting players in the pros? And who does it better than Coach Cal Perry? Absolutely. Well, and that's why I brought that question up because, you know, he was teammates with Eric Vanderheiden, who was another top 100 recruit, pretty highly touted, and had a, you know, a rough go at Ole Miss this past year, just didn't get a lot of time on the floor. And, you know, you only have four opportunities, you know, four years to, to get on the floor and show what you can do when everybody's goal is to go to the NBA. So it's really crucial to take advantage of, you know, every single one of those opportunities. Yeah, and I'm glad that he mentioned that, too, because I don't think a lot of people – I think some people just think, oh, well, it's because of the name brand. We'll go there regardless. But I'm glad he is saying that he's taking their advice, doing the homework, because like he mentioned, this is where you're going for the next handful of years to play your college basketball. It needs to be the right fit. Don't rush this decision. Like I would caution every top recruit we told Rakees, don't rush your decision. Take your time. Enjoy the process. Absolutely. And and again, with like with these type of guys, it's not, you know, if you're a three-star recruit or something, you know, maybe you take your best offer when you get it because you're worried it's going to go away. But when you're a four or five-star guy, those those things are going to keep rolling in. You know, you you just got to take your time and, and make sure you make the most educated, you know, patient decision that you can. Because when you get into trouble is when you start making these you know, on a whim decisions. And I hate to keep bringing them up, but Amani Bates, you know, yep. decides to reclassify at the last fucking second and then changes from Michigan state to Memphis. And it just, yeah, the, the best situations are the ones where kids make a well-informed decision. Yeah. And, and a lot like Rakees, how much did you love that answer he gave about competition where it does not scare him and he just wants the battle. 
Like in in a world where kids are constantly transferring and moving because they're not get playing time, he flat tells you that he wants to go at you. Well, and then he shows. I mean, like I mentioned, he is an elite perimeter defender. He's gonna step up and guard whoever the best guard is on the other team and, and not back down from it. And there are a lot of guys who you know probably could be elite defenders, but they don't want to risk having some dude yam on them in front of 50 D1 scouts, whereas you gotta, Silas, you gotta look Silas cool, is right? like, yeah, Silas doesn't give a shit. You know, he's he's like, fuck, I'm going to lock you down. And if not, then we'll go from there. But, and I think you definitely seen just in the way he taught, he has that confidence too. You know, you may not have that same kind of like yell, scream, stare you down that we talked about with Rakis, but he clearly has a, you know, an air of confidence about him. No, absolutely, and um, not everybody who puffs their chest out it really is all that. It's a defense mechanism anyways. The last thing before we get out of here, we mentioned he's obviously a, a four-star. He's ranked number 115 in the 24-7 composite rankings, 115 nationally is what I meant. Um, man, if you look at his average rating, it's uh, basically a 94 because the way they do it, 0. .9480. Dude, he's only a couple points away from getting a five-star status. Like, I could easily see him being a top 50 player by the time his senior year rolls around. Yeah, I was just about to say, I mean, go, he's going into his senior year, but he's going to be playing with elite talent, excuse me, um, you know, in these bigger events. And he, he's played on huge stages, obviously, already. But I just think getting even more exposure this upcoming season, he, he'll easily be top 75. Um, would not surprise me at all, top 50. And he's going to be one of those kids – I think like a Turquavion Smith in the aspect, not not from a scoring perspective, but <clears throat> somebody that we look at that comes in maybe a little bit under the radar that people aren't expecting to contribute a ton right away. And I think he will. Absolutely. And by the way, him being at the John Wall, him and Rakeese, hopefully you get a chance to go out there and introduce us, you know, it, it do all that whole deal. So that'd be cool. Um, but man, what a great interview. Uh, definitely a big fan of Silas. Um, hopefully we can get him back on a few times here and form that relationship with him again. Shout out to combine Academy, dude, They're, that coaching staff is all about ECB right now. We can't thank them enough. Absolutely. And I mean, all about us, which is awesome, but clearly all about promoting their dudes. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. they're trying to get their guys seen wherever they can, which is, you know, obviously great advertisement for their school as well, but that's what, you know, high school coaches should be out here doing. So, Oh yeah. And, and we got to shout out the VCU nation, Ram nation, um, North Carolina state, St. John's we got a lot of love. I mean, we told him, but this, there was a lot of people excited to hear from him today. Yeah, absolutely. I told you, you know, sort of before we had him on that I knew he had a pretty big following at least throughout the state of North Carolina, because he is a state champion um, just pretty well-known kid, but I had no idea we would get the reception that we've gotten um, just through promoting the show. And, uh, you know, he said his family is pretty excited for him coming on. So just, uh, it, it was awesome. Yeah, dude, can't thank him enough. Like I said, hopefully we can get him back on a couple times throughout the year. That seems pretty likely. I, I feel like he had a good time on here and did a great job. But guys, wrapping up episode 116, again, special shout out to our title sponsor this year, sponsoring everything college basketball, Beauty to Beast Nutrition, located in downtown Edinburgh, Indiana. It's a juice bar. It's got all your healthy protein coffees, which are phenomenal. It's got your your uh, your skinny shot teas. You can have the 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 guilty pleasure, if you will, of having what's normally caffeine loaded and bad for you, but you can have it and it's actually good for you. Low in carbs. It goes with any diet. 
If you're in the area, central Indiana especially, stop in, tell the owner Natasha that ECB sent you, get 10% off your entire purchase. It is phenomenal. We cannot thank Beauty to Beast Nutrition enough for being our title sponsor this year. And guys, again, we apologize about the early technical issues. Sometimes this shit happens, but we roll with the punches like only ECB can. But until episode 117, for Phil, who has the COVID, or the Corvid, as some people like to say, <laughs> I've been your host, Josh Burton. We hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you down the road.